Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how you doing today, buddy? Uh, Matt, I'm doing great. Things are great. How about you? Yes, life is good. Spring is here. I'm loving it. Um, so life is good. Good. I understand you hit a, a client that their business is down. Yeah, we've had uh, um, actually three of these have happened in the last maybe two weeks or so. And I kind of call this, you know, business is down and I'm caught off guard. And what should I do about it? Um, so I'm actually working on this paper called uh, Business is a System. Um, and the idea being the first thing I started to think of is, you know, how are you caught off guards? In other words, you should kind of know your numbers. You know, you should have some key performance indicators, some, some forward looking. And a lot of your accounting stuff is just backwards looking, right? Mm -hmm. But but you should have some sort of measurement. You, we talked about this in a previous episode where you were saying, you know, how many leads you got coming in, your cost per lead and that kind of stuff as a future measurement. So first of all, caught off guard, maybe we should need some sort of measurements so we won't be so caught off guard or we can catch it sooner. But go, go ahead, sorry. No, Matt, I was going to say that I think when your business is down and you're caught off guard, it's because you're not in the business – See, a lot of people think they're in the business of dental or law or electrical or you name it. They think they're in that business when in reality, they're in the business of acquiring new customers and getting their existing customers to purchase again and again. Yes. And so if your business is down and you get caught off guard, those are the numbers that you need to know because those are the numbers that Am I doing enough to generate new traffic to my website to, I mean, am I spending enough on marketing costs? Um, all of those things. There's, I mean, we, we can go a long way in this. Conversation. I know. I know. There's a lot of ways we go down there. So we were talking about, um, so let's talk about ways that we can grow the business quickly to kind of make up for it. You know, how can we, Hey, we got to get back up on the horse. What can we do? Um, so it kind of goes back to something we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which was, you know, worked so well that I quit doing it. Right. So I was talking to one of these guys, not the person yesterday, but last week, which was, well, let's go back. He's got retail one here in Atlanta, one in Florida. The Florida one's not doing so well. Well, let's look at the last 12 months revenue for the last 12 months. And let's look at the, and, and what were we doing during those good months that made them good months? So almost along those lines, what worked so well that I quit doing it? What did we do last year during the great month we had in June last year or uh, July of last year? Right. So I think some people, Matt, don't know that the, the great month they had in June actually was because of activities that happened in February. Great, great. That's a good point. Um, and you said something just a minute ago that I want to go back to. You said, how can we grow quickly or get new business quickly? And my response would be, well, that depends on your business, but would you rather grow quickly or grow correctly um, because sometimes growing quickly can just be putting a bandaid on a, a much bigger problem. Yes. Uh, yes. So growing correctly has a lot more to do with um, a plan, um, a strategic growth plan that is worked backwards. What do I, what should the business look like on a monthly level um, and if this is how it looks, then, then how do I, how do I build the business in such a way? What would my numbers have to be 
right. performance indicators, what would they have to be to, to make the business look like that? And what people do I need in place to make the business look like that? No, so that's, that's a great point. Growing quickly, and I did have a conversation earlier with one of my clients, and he's at a level of frustration as well. It's funny, this must be frustration week. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's at a level of frustration with his business as well. And um, I was more in line with saying, you, you're, you're focused on quick growth. You got to focus on, this is, this got to be a long-term thing. You can't, I mean, if you're going to learn to run a marathon or you're going to do uh, what's it called triathlon where you uh, run, swim and bike. Right. Right. Well, you're not going to practice for that for uh, two months and think you're going to be on track. That's right, what, right. Business is a triathlon. It's going to put you in a lot of positions and trying to go after that quickly. You are not going to make it when the race is on. If you want to do this quickly, it ain't going to happen. Right, right. But this falls right back into, you remember the five ways to grow the business. We talked about you need more leads. That's number one. So how do we get more leads? Higher conversion. How do we get better at closing the people? More transactions. So that kind of reads me the conversation of more transactions from existing clients, right? Mm -hmm. So I was talking to this client yesterday and I was like, well, let's look back and say, you know, I think we talked about this one about a month or two ago, uh, previous no, current month, previous year, one of my marketing guys, and we were saying, who bought from me last May? That would be a great place to start. Who bought from me last June? And let's look back and maybe we could revisit those guys, right? So that would be increase. That's the number increased transactions from existing clients. I talked about referrals. We, you know, uh, you and I get referrals from other people. So centers of influence. Well, let's look back over the last 12 months. Who has sent me a referral? That's great. Uh, when's the last time I contacted those people what gives me an excuse to reach out to them an article of interest like we talked about a lead magnet maybe just a case study um who hasn't sent me a referral in the last 12 months who usually send me referrals well gosh when's the last time so this was actually yesterday is this person is a service professional in the healthcare industry and they got a referral from a not a competitor but but kind of a competitor and i'm like well that is a great case study as you reach out to other referral sources I am so good that my kind of competitor gave me a referral. And here's the reason he told me he gave me the referral. There's a great case study, right? You know, it's funny you bring up that because I will tell you that the online marketing world, the, all the online gurus who tell you you can start a business and become a gazillionaire in three months, right. those guys um, are notorious for referring each other. Um, and making affiliate commissions off each other. Yes, yes, they are not, that's right. they are not competitors by any way, shape, or form. Uh, they just understand that the pie is big enough that each person can cut their slice however they want to slice it. They, there's enough pie. And I think when you think that way about your own business, whether you're, um, you know, you could be an HVAC contractor and there's 300 other HVAC contractors in your city, the pie is still big enough if you're, you can't possibly service all your customers, we, we did talk about systems to make sure that that doesn't, but if right. you can't get them all and you got a buddy in the business, it doesn't hurt to send somebody to him because there's nothing worse when you call a service professional and you say, I need help. And they're like, dude, I'm sorry. I can't get to you. Just, I'm, I'm too busy. Do you know anybody? And they say, no, you're like, you're such a jerk, man. You, you're not going <laughs> to take care of me. And you're not going to tell me where to, you know, who else could help me. Um, that makes you look worse. I think if, even though you're referring somebody to a competitor, 
Um, you can even, you can say, look, this guy's a friend of mine. Um, and I, you know, I highly recommend him if you're not, and Absolutely. I used to do that. I used to do yeah. that when I had my locksmith business back in the early 1990s, I can remember sending people to my competitor saying, look, um, they might, you know, they, they're not going to be exactly like us. They're probably going to charge even a little more than us. Cause they were, uh, uh, that's just was their thing. Right. And, um, I said, but at the same time, they will take good care of you. I, I take, know that. And that's, that's a great, that's a great point. You're taking care of your client, whether you could physically take care of them or not. That's precisely. a great point. Yeah. Um, sure. go, go ahead. No, you go. Well, so this is, so I was talking about, so this actually reminds me, and you actually alluded to it earlier in this conversation, which was, you know, let's go back to what are your A plus activities? Remember we talked about, there's two or three things that usually you do to make money. Uh, usually for people like us, it's meet with clients, meet with prospects, meet with centers of influence. And my bet is, there's another one of the gurus that I follow, talks about what have you done today to generate more leads, to generate more opportunities. So my bet is activity inventory, you probably are spending a lot of your time doing non-productive work, you know, busy work, right? So maybe you do an activity inventory, hey, what have I been doing this week to generate sales calls, to generate new business, to network with my referral sources? And my bet is if you look back, you're probably not doing that stuff, right? Well, so today, my my podcast later um, is on ten ways to increase your creativity, and okay. part of increasing your creativity is understanding that we get kind of stuck in patterns sometimes, and those patterns stifle creativity. And part of that is when I, I'm going to use my workout routine. For instance, if I've been doing the same bicep routine, the only thing that ever changes is the weight, the amount of weight, same chest routine. And I, and I realized after, you know, I've been probably doing it for a year now, same routine, but I mean, on different days, do runs. And I'm really like, I got to change this up because right. your muscles, if your, your brain's a muscle in order, if you, you will atrophy if you're not doing something new, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again because it, it won't have the same result. Now, this is where the fine line comes in business. When you have something that's working, uh, you should drive that thing that's working all the way until you have atrophy. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly right. But um, when it stops not working so well is when you need to look at things. Like this is what's happening to some of these businesses. And... Um, I think that's why they're stuck is they may have atrophied their current lead generating platform. It's possible. Right. right. Or they're probably more likely is they're just not doing it right They're They're spending time doing administrative paperwork instead of generating sales, generating referrals, staying in touch with my existing clients and my existing people who send me referrals. They're probably just, Oh, I don't have time to talk to Dave. I got to do some paperwork. Right. Yeah. So, and actually, we were talking about this healthcare provider. They had one person on their staff who, who bills at, you know, 150 bucks an hour, and they're doing administrative tasks for 20. It's like, well, gosh, we need to get that person back out in the field. Billing at 150 an hour. We'll just pay somebody else to do that $10, $20 task. So that goes back to our 80-20 rule. We all fall into doing the stuff, the non-productive. But one of my gurus, I think it was Sam Ovens or – I can't remember who it was. Let's just call it. And, and he was saying, literally ask yourself, what have you done today to generate lead? 
what have you done today to generate a referral? What have you done today to generate business? Yeah, in my, in my one week time miracle that I talk about, the, I call them big rock activities because you got to get the, the, the things that make you money, you do those first. And because the day your business will take over your life if you let it, so you have to take those activities, the ones that make money, the ones that make it rain, the ones that bring you new business, um, whether it's from existing customer or new customers, get those activities done early in the week or early in the day. I mean, some people have different days, they do different things. So sure. get them out of the way on Monday and Tuesday so that you can have the rest of the week to chase your tail if that's what you choose to do. But get them done, you know, early in the week or early in the day. If you generate leads on a daily basis, get them done first thing in the morning. Because at the end of the day, when it's four o'clock, nobody wants to chase leads at four o'clock. Um, right. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly. All right. So this came up to the, one of my other things is actually was that I mentioned was just go help three people for free. Just call somebody up, talks about your creativity. Let's get creative. There's probably somebody on your list that you've been trying to chase or add value to, or maybe there's somebody new. Let's just call them up and see if we can add value on the conversation. They might turn into a client. They might not, but at least you're being active and karma. I believe in good karma. Maybe they have a referral for you. Maybe they do become clients. Maybe that just sparks your conversation. You're that much better at converting the next opportunity you have. Oh yeah. So how maybe, about let's help somebody. Yeah. If you're helping somebody, maybe you're trying to, you're at a, uh, as Dan uh, Sullivan would say at a ceiling of complexity in your business, you're trying to break through a ceiling. That's a, call it a mental block, whatever you want to call it. But it, uh, Dan refers to it as a ceiling of complexity, but you're trying to break through that. Sometimes when you're talking to somebody who you have no financial gain um, with, you're, right. you're just helping them because it's something you should do. And all of a sudden, something goes off in your head. Yes. That's ceiling of complexity I'm dealing with. And it's because you're helping someone else. And you're actually really focusing on them because you're not I don't know. You're, you're, you don't have financial gain in it. And all right, of a sudden your right. mind relaxes and boom, you break through a ceiling of complexity because you let down your guard to do something for another human being because it was right, not because you had anything to gain. Right. Exactly right. And it's funny. So I had my own epiphany. I can't remember if that was probably earlier today. So on my investment side of the business, I've got these two clients that work for this big corporation here in Atlanta and Gosh, I'm always looking for new clients on that side of the business as well as the coaching side. The old-fashioned using LinkedIn. So you and I have these whole LinkedIn strategies, which is great. We talk more about those. We talked about them before. We talk about it. But this is old-fashioned one. Gosh, I could just look those two guys up on LinkedIn and see who else works for their company and ask for an introduction. Hey, Dave, you know, I see that, you know, who else do we know over at company XYZ that you that, that might find this information valuable? Matter of fact, I was playing around on LinkedIn, Dave, and you know, there's 10 people, you know, who are these people do you think I should talk to? So just old fashioned, but using LinkedIn, instead of saying, hey, Dave, who do you know at XYZ Corporation? You actually, hey, Dave, I'm going to help jog your brain. I looked up the LinkedIn. You've got a bunch of connections at XYZ Corporation. Which one of these guys do you think would be good for me to talk to? That yes. was my own little epiphany. And I think as you talk about that, um, a lot of times we forget that, um, so we're doing all these things at work. Right. And then somebody gives you the, the new, latest, greatest uh, rabbit trail to go down to get leads. Right. And so you head down that rabbit trail. And there's nothing wrong with that rabbit trail. Um, 
but yet you stop doing these things over here that were working because now you're on this new rabbit trail. Um, when in reality, um, you probably need to have a lot of, lot of, lot of ways for leads to be coming in, especially this is very topical this week um, with both Twitter and YouTube and Facebook doing these bans on certain types of uh, conservative people. I mean, they, right. I, I, saw I that. disagree. Yeah. Some of them are necessarily way out there. Okay. I mean, I get that, but, and all these people are talking about free speech. Well, you are in somebody's private business. <laughs> you know, they, they own their own business. I mean, it's, it's their club. They get to do what they want. It's their it club. Their club. And that's why <laughs> I always stress, you got to get them off that platform onto your own email list. It is absolutely critical because, you know, if you, if you don't want your business to struggle, if you want your business to struggle, be dependent on a social media platform. Uh, because what happens if that social media platform gets hacked and it's dead for two days and they lose all their data? Now, that's not likely to happen, but anything is possible. Right, right. You, you need multiple sources. We, we talk about it all the time. You need multiple sources of leads and that has to be coming in from a lot of directions. Uh, but don't get any too dependent on one or you end up uh, where your business is down and you're caught off guard. That's what it sounded like this week on all over the news that these people were caught off guard. And I'm thinking, right. how'd you get caught off guard? You knew they hated you from the <laughs> You knew they didn't like you. <laughs> I mean, they you told you like they you. don't like you. You got warnings after warnings. But um, it's their platform. They can do what they want. So so what do you think? Um, I, I see your, um, is your bandwidth okay there? Yeah, right. yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, you know, I think there's um, one last thing I want to address on yeah. the subject of caught off guard. Um, when you're acquiring customers, um, Eugene Swartz uh, talks about his, uh, in Breakthrough Copywriting, uh, or Breakthrough Advertising, it's an old book. Eugene Swartz was a, a copywriter from like 1920 through about 1970-ish. Um, but um, it's one of the best copywriting books of all time. And he talks about the stages of awareness when it comes to prospects, if you want to call them that, or uh, people um, that you, you may do business with. And he uses an acronym, OPEN, and the um, O being oblivious. You know, this is a stage that some of your uh, prospects are in. And if they're in the oblivious stage, meaning they don't know they have a problem, um, they're going to be pretty hard to sell to. And so right. if you're trying to build a new customer base and they're in that stage, um, you're not gonna be able to sell to them or the next stage, the open acronym is the next one is pondering. Um, then the next one's engaged and the final is in need. Of course, um, if you're, um, if your tire is about to go flat, you're in need, you need tires. You're ready. You'll buy from anybody who sells tires at that point, as long as they're halfway decent tires, you're going to buy them. So right. at different stages that people are in will determine where the, whether they're ready or not to be your new customer. This is not necessarily for, um, it can be for existing customers, but the importance here is knowing what stage your prospect or your client is actually in. Um, and again, it comes down to who you're targeting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. We were, uh, one last idea we we're talking and actually a client brought this up to me, which was kind of best practices. So, you know, they've got, uh, I think they had 10 salespeople. Let's have a little 
powwow with the 10 salespeople, what's working, you know, what's working for them that might be able to teach some of the other salespeople what's, you know, what's, what are you talking about? What's working, what isn't working, brainstorm ideas, right? So we have our own little powwow among your own sales force. What's working, right? What's working for you? What's been your last big sale? What's working, right? And it, ties back into all these things. Which is well, I want to ask a question there, you know, and, and um, I'm having have built some fairly large sales forces and, you know, in the hundreds and even uh, multiple hundreds of salespeople all throughout the country. Um, when you're talking to somebody who's building a sales force, their response would be, well, a lot of my salespeople don't want to tell their secrets to their colleagues. How do you overcome that? What, do, what would you say to overcome that objection? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's actually a good point. That goes back to the, we're a team. Like, we're on the same team, right? I want you to be successful and me. There's goes back to what you said earlier. There's a plenty big piece of the pie, right? There's not, a, there's not, not only X amount of business in the city of Atlanta or, or Florida or the state of Florida. There's, there's plenty of business. So, if anything, we want the whole firm to be successful so we'll all be more successful. Plus, it almost goes back to, like, Dan Sullivan who kind of believes in the open concept. If I'm well, go back to Michael Jordan and LeBron James. And those guys would – I remember uh, Jerry Rice. You could come to Jerry Rice and practice with him during summer pregame football all you want. Because all that Jerry Rice would say, all that's going to do is just make me work harder, make me better. Michael Jordan used to say the same thing. I'm going to coach the guests, rest of these guys up. All that does is make me better, make my team better. That's so right. that's, what, that's what I would say to that. Use the sports analogy of – Coach your team up. That'll make your whole team better. That'll make the business better. And that'll make you better coaching it and maybe even coming up with new ideas yourself. So that, that's the analogy I would use. The sports yeah. Team. Yeah. I use the, I use the analogy, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Yes. I mean, if, if the company's going to do well, everybody does well. And when, when every, when the company does well and everybody does well, that's a company that's positioned for tremendous growth and um and then of course with growth comes challenges and you know but at the same time and these are the challenges what we're talking these about are the challenge yes. i mean these are the challenges that business owners face and if business was just smooth all the time i don't know what you would call it I, I guess you, <laughs> it doesn't too exist easy. too easy it's like your golf swing it's got to be hard it's, it's not that easy it's a roller coaster of um things are great things are tough Things are fantastic. Things are okay. Things are, you know, and it's, it goes back and forth. And that's usually an hour. You know? <laughs> that's right. Entrepreneurial roller coaster. Well, it's funny. One last thing this reminds me of, I have another uh, uh, two lawyers. One lawyer splits up from the other one. It was a senior lawyer, junior lawyer. Junior lawyer leaves. And again, caught off guard. Two things there. One, didn't realize how much production the junior lawyer was really doing. But then second of all, some of these uh, – systems and processes that they had in place were not being followed, right? Some of the checklists, some of their best practices were not being followed. So it might be a case of, again, work so well, we quit doing it. Well, we have these checklists and these procedures and, but gosh, now that I look at it, we really weren't doing them, right? So maybe it's a case of, of like, well, I used to call Dave every month, but, but now I'm not calling him every month, right? It could be that you actually have the, the systems and processes in place, but there's, just a lack of follow through. We just need to, to re-energize the crew, which was the case in this law firm. It was more like all these steps we have, we have the steps, but they weren't all being followed. Therefore, I didn't know how much production he was doing. And therefore we weren't able to pick up the slack when he left because we weren't doing the stuff we already had in place. So I would say check your systems and processes or your checklists, 
maybe everything's not being done the way you thought it was being done. And we need to revisit that. That was all his was, was just almost getting back up. We had it set up, right. It just wasn't being followed. So let's, once they got things going again, really nothing really new needed. They just needed to do it. You know, and it's funny um, when you think about that, it's a lot of times it's those systems and processes that like really put you on a rocket ship. And as you were halfway to the moon, because you're moving with such inertia, well, you started to not do those things. Yeah. And you yes. got three quarters of the way to the moon, and then all of a sudden you realize, why are we slowing down? Right. Um, right. And, it, and, and you almost have to go back to that halfway, the quarter, you know, where you were a quarter of the way there, and look, oh, that's where we got off track. It's like if you get lost in the woods, you got to try to find where you got off the path. Um, and, and it's the same thing here is where did you leave the path? What, what, where, where were you heading when it's, and it's usually not where you think you left the path. You usually have to go back substantially further because it was what you were doing further back that was working really well. And then as things started and, and money starts pouring in, you're like, Oh man, I, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. I just have to keep doing this. And you get very, um, sometimes very far behind and you have to go a long way back before you get to where you got off the path in many cases with businesses. Um, well, that's funny you said it. So, so that reminds me of this conversation. So actually maybe twice, two of them, which was um, caught off guard, things are down and they're giving me excuses of why things are down again. And I'm always the person we don't need excuses. We just need to fix the problem. But what was interesting was that I called them out and said, now, all these things you're telling me can't be true because a year and a half ago, we weren't at this point. A year and a half ago, we were talking about how we we're going to double the business. You've had a little setback, and you're telling me why we had this setback, but that's not necessarily the case. A year ago, we were where we wanted to be, and even then some. So we know we can get back. My point being is Dan Sullivan always talks about thinking 10x. So how do we get to 10 times the business or 10 times your leads or 10 times? But he says the best way to start is think about the last time you tend you 10 X it. You probably already have 10 X your business somewhere in the past, almost like what you just talked about. You've had success growing and now you've kind of stumbled. Let's go back to look at our success, not just for confidence, but maybe some ideas again, work so well, I quit doing it. So it could be a combo of just give yourself the confidence. I've done this before. I've had setbacks before and recovered. Now I should be able to recover quicker and faster because I, I know what I'm doing this time. Yeah, right. Exactly. Precisely. So, so sometimes you look back, like you said, where did I go off on the path? And I know I can do it quicker, faster, easier this time. And that gives you a little confidence boost that I know I've done it before. If I had to start over tomorrow, I could, I'd be successful because we know how to grow a business now. It right? usually does take some humility to look back, though. Um, it does. It's not comfortable. I didn't say that. Yeah, because sometimes you look back and you're like, boy, the, the, the lead generation tools we were using back then were awful. The, uh, this system was awful. You start looking at all these different things and you're like, golly, those are bad, but they worked. And see, <laughs> that's, that's the point is you're looking at the cosmetics of them or the aesthetics of them. When in reality, you need to look at the results of them and then replicate the results because what ends up happening a lot of times is they look at those and they go, um, yeah, those are ugly and this and that. So they go and they change a whole bunch yes. of things. And then right. it doesn't work and they think they were just fixing the aesthetics, but really they were, they were changing some text and they were changing this and they, 
change some headlines and some subheads. Um, I, I do know this about advertising is that sometimes changing just the headline, you might have a lead magnet that's not working right now. Sometimes if you just change the headline to what the transformation that your, your client or prospect would have, just changing the headline, you can increase your results on that three, 400%, just a change in headline. And, and, but that's what you got to do. You got to measure. You were talking about KPI early right. in this book. You got to know your numbers. And if you don't want to count the numbers, the only number you'll know is the, the bottom line on the bankruptcy. Uh, uh, <laughs> How much debt you owe? You know, because if you don't know your numbers, you're good. There, there's a number you'll know um, because that'll be the number you submit to the court. So uh, I highly recommend knowing your numbers. <laughs> That's okay. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good wrap up. All right. Business is down, caught off guard. We said, well, maybe first of all, you need to know your numbers, which you just said. So we got some KPIs, some key performance indicators. What are some ways to grow the business quickly? Maybe we don't want to go quickly. Maybe we want to look backwards and sell them where we want to be. That was one of your points. But we also talked about increased tracks, uh, transactions from existing clients. Hey, who bought from me? You know, was it, current month, previous year, who bought from me last year, this month, going to revisit them. Who are my top 20 clients? We always talk about top 20 in farm club. So can I reach out to my top 20 clients, get them to buy, ask them for referrals. We talked about who sent me referrals in the last, how can I reach back out to those guys? We talked about, you're probably not doing stuff to produce good results. You're probably not doing your A plus activities. You're getting distracted, doing some of the 80% minutiae. Gosh, we covered a lot. Uh, help people for free, maybe help three people for free, freeze up your mind. You made that great point. Make sure you be creative. Maybe it reminds you of something else. That person could be a client, might remind you of calling another client. It might just make you better at converting the next time you get the opportunity in front of a client. But yeah. helping three people for free. I talked about using for myself, using the LinkedIn the old fashioned way. You know, who do you know? You know, the Northwestern Mutual people say, give me three names, Dave. But I'm thinking of going to these two clients at the XYZ company and say, I looked at your LinkedIn. Who else from XYZ company that you're connected to on LinkedIn should I meet? Right? That's just use it the old fashioned way. Who, who do you know with targeted jogging your members? Used to be a guy, we'll have to do an episode on this, a guy named Bjorn Millen. He passed away. He was the king at referrals. And I got to tell you, we could do a whole thing on his workshop, uh, how to get referrals. And it's, it was awesome. We could actually do that. We should do it. Uh, and then we talked about back practices and checklists. I used that lawyer example was, we had the systems and procedures and checklists. They just weren't being followed. So maybe we just need to redo that and, and renew that. And the last one we talked about was the Salesforce. Let's get together as a Salesforce. What's working for you guys? What didn't work? What's working? Let's do some best practices and maybe a little ahead of our team. We had the analogy of Michael Jordan. If I make the team better, I get better. We had Jerry Rice. If you come work, that just makes me work twice as hard. So and we have, that's, that's, that's a lot of stuff we covered today. We did cover a lot of ground, I think. Um, and I'm going to check out your Millen. I, I'm not familiar yeah. with the name, but I will check him out because that sounds interesting. Love reading about uh, previous success stories. The older, the better. I, li I like when you get into the uh, 1900s when people are in the Great Depression, <laughs> and yet there are some people just making um, massive amounts of money. I, I was reading about somebody, and I can't remember his name. It was about two days ago, and it was – just during the Great Depression, and he was a copywriter being paid almost $2 million a year during the Great Depression. Oh, just writing advertising. 
Think about how wealthy that person was at that period of time. He was just a writer. And I don't want to say just a writer. No, no, I don't understand that. Um, copywriting or marketing is selling in print. And um, when you do that effectively, um, it makes it very irresistible for people to, they, they buy. And I talk about having the right message. It might be that you, you're doing the right service. We're just not explaining it well enough to make it enticing. The right message is, is really key, right? Yeah. To get people to, oh yeah, I do need that. Oh yeah, I would like that, right? You don't, anyway, so we'll get back to that one. All yeah. right, uh, where do we find Dave? Uh, DavidMulvaney.com is the easiest place to find me. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn at David Mulvaney. Perfect. And I am 10X Profit Blueprint. Dot com, 10xprofitblueprint.com, and Matt Hudgens over at LinkedIn. Always right, a pleasure, man. my friend. Always a pleasure. We'll talk soon. All right, man.